You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. All right, welcome to Razor Riffs. Uh, we're rocking and rolling. We're still doing the Zoom quarantine uh, riffs, right, Alan Lee? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't realize that uh, you had actually put. Uh, I didn't think you did on Facebook quarantine razor ribs. I thought we were going to keep it, even though there's a, the quarantine that you would still just call it razor ribs. But that's you know that's kind of interesting. It is. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Hey, our guest is in the waiting room. We should give him an intro. Uh, you've <laughs> okay. Uh, or we'll just start. Uh, you've seen him on Comedy Central, Last Comic Standing, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. He's going to be at the Bray Improv. He's at the Bray Improv this weekend. Uh, Lavelle Crawford. You ready to meet Lavelle, Alan Lee? I sure am. Are you? Yeah, we're going to rock and roll, man. <laughs> be fun. Yeah, I just let him in. I hope so. Hey, hey Lavelle. Man. Hey, Lavelle, how are you? Hey, man, how are you? Doing good. Uh, thank you so much for doing Raise of Riffs, buddy. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, I'm a little early. I'm glad you was on. I ain't know if you was on yet. You know, some oh, people do that at the exact time or whatever. I said, well, shit, let me get ready. <laughs> we were doing the opening remarks, and then you showed up. I was like, oh, well, let him in before we lose him. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm all right. I'm, I'm using a uh, hotel Wi-Fi, so I'm good right now. Oh, oh, nice! You're you're in Bray at the beautiful Bray Improv. How was that yeah. last night? Oh, it was great, man. Great, man. Great crowds, man. They both was epic, man. I mean, it seemed like Orange County. You know, they 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 fight they fight the resistance, so they having a little more, you know, have a little more fun. You know what I'm saying? Some people still, you know, in the gulag everywhere else, so but they having a good time over there, man. Now, was this your first time doing the new Bray Improv? Because do you remember it used to be um, across the street? You know, in the mall. Oh uh, yeah, it did used to be a, across the street. Yeah, I no, I I've done done this one. This is my second time doing the same room. Yeah, this this one's yeah. awesome. I I think it's beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. It's huge. You know, it's a big <laughs> ass, it's a big ass comedy club. I'm glad people showed up because it really made made my ego go down. If it walked in there, it was me and a couple of wait staff. <laughs> <laughs> now what? Now you 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 tour doing comedy and stuff, but uh, which one do you like better? Do you like doing those long long rooms or do you like doing those tight comedy clubs? Man, I like it all, shit. I don't care, man. As long as people in there and they in good spirits and ready to have some good times, I don't care where it is. I've done little places like in New York, which, you know, you had like those like 20, 30-seaters, you know, even the belly room in, in here in Comedy Store. You know, the belly room be like, what, 35, 40 people maybe, <laughs> if that. You know, and I mean, there's some great rooms, you know. I mean, if you suck, you can really hear it. And, oh. you, you know, <laughs> you, can, you can go walk up to the person and tell them, why you ain't freaking laughing. You know? yeah. The belly room it's, is not the Apollo. No, nah, it's not the Apollo, <laughs> but shit, every it's club is the Apollo. Don't get it twisted. It's a place like the Peppermint Club in uh, Los Angeles. My oh. club in St. Louis 
was so gangster, man. They had walked the comedian out to the car and boom, all the way, <laughs> boom, all the way to the airport. Now, when you say your club, like, did you used to own a comedy club or run a comedy club? Well, I ran one. I, I, it was, it was a night. It was a night. You know, we had two nights at this place called the Supper Club. It used to be a, a Ponderosa Steakhouse. Then it turned it into a nightclub, but the owner was so cheap, he kept the plates from the Ponderosa. And so <laughs> it still said Ponderosa on the damn plate. He had the silverware and everything. I said, you know, that ain't authentic, my friend. You know, <laughs> I don't know how old those plates were. We don't know who had those plates, but it was a night. It was a fun place, man. It, it was rowdy as hell, man. And you had to come, and I, I would come up there, and I would go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the crowd, tell the crowd, I started working the crowd and mastering, you know, able to talk about anything, man. And it, it, it sharpened my tools, man, for any city mm -hmm. or any place I would go. Mm -hmm. So it was it was a lot of fun. It sounds like the guy who owned your comedy club owns the comedy club I, I booked because it sounds like the exact same guy, cheap. <laughs> <laughs> most, most, most comedy club owners are cheap as shit because, I mean, they don't even realize they – they getting a hell of a product. All they gotta do is fucking get a mic, a light, and That's some right. freaking cheers, and you can have a show. You don't need a sound room like they were. We going going to sound check. I'm a comic. Get a sound check. I can yell out there and tell them do the fucking show. I mean, it ain't like I got no five piece orchestra and shit. <laughs> you know, come on, man. It's like if anything, I just need a stool and a notebook. <laughs> right, yeah, maybe a stool. I'm fucking, I don't even write well, so I wouldn't be able to read my write. That's why I don't write shit down because I scribble. I'd be up there, let, let me see. Oh, shit, I don't even know what I wrote here. But I'm like, <laughs> go off the top of my head. Now, when you write, do you, you, you write on stage while you're performing, right? Yeah, most of the time, you, you can, you know, you write by energy, I, yeah. I think. I tell people all the time, that's why I wrote a book called Comedy School Guide to Comedy. And I told people, you write off energy. You write off how the joke works. And, and then every city is going to work different. But if you work it that joke enough, you'll know how to make it work anywhere. You try it and you may have to put it in the middle of your set, the beginning of your set. You got to feel the energy in the room. I mean, maybe you fucking don't even do that act that night because it might some somebody might have failed walking out the room or or uh, somebody got in an argument, if you could turn that shit into comedy, because you don't never know at a comedy club what's going to happen. I mean, I've been there where a lady literally was at the show, was so sleepy, got down out of her chair and laid in front of the stage and went in full-on fucking rest. <laughs> the show. I mean, literally was sleep, kind of even looking like we was disturbing her rest. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I worked at so much to a point of, at the end of the night, I said, thank you tonight, but hold your applause. We don't want to disturb her. And I walked <laughs> off the crowd went crazy. It was so funny. But oh, you got to be, be able to react to everything, you know, and I think once you, that's how I write. I write, I write on stage, you know, and I'm a good, I'm an old boy. When they folks had the old video cameras, they were big as hell, and you had to work for, like, you know, the uh, Eyewitness News and hold that big-ass camera on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and the old one had the giant VHS in it and shit. And I got a hundred of them VHSs watching old stuff, and I just, 
And it was hard to watch yourself because I'm not listening to my joke. I'm like, why the fuck I wear that? You know, what, yeah. what my hair, but then I started, you know, then I started recording myself and I just listened to, you know, I don't listen to be funny. If it makes me laugh and I'm listening to it, I say, oh, that was funny as shit. I got to do that again because I got stuff that I, and that, and that's how I that's how I write. I just I don't never write it down. I just practice it and go back and do it and see how many times like, it works. Do you think that uh, because I, I'm like you, I have a hard time watching myself when I when when I film myself. But do you think like that's every comic? I don't know. Some comics must be might be narcissists. They like oh, I'm glad I see me. I would have touched me, you know. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, I think some, I think a lot of people, it's hard to watch yourself at first. But once you realize that it's part of your, you know, your your job, your skilo, your 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 uh, a practice or whatever, you you wind up saying, "Fuck it, let me just look and just and really." I think the better thing is just to listen. Yeah, you yeah. Get, you know, because you can watch yourself. I mean, you you know, you know, why was I eyes closed? You know, why did I have that book in my nose? Was my pants unzipped? Is my dick out? You know, those things will bother you. <laughs> you be now you're a phobia, you're checking for your dick, looking at your nose, you know. So now how how does that transact transition to acting? Because when you do like a breaking bad or better call saw or movies like Mike and Dave's, like do you have a hard time watching yourself or is it just well, I I know not no not in movies or, or, or TV shows. I, I think in them I just be watching to make sure they kept the funny shit I did in the movie. You know what I mean? Because you know the thing about when you're funny and you're in a movie, unless your name is uh, on the bill, you're gonna get cut because they gotta make sure the Zach Efron's and all these people who are just cute and and they they're they're show dogs you know, which he's a sweet guy, but you know, they're, you know, they, they was the, the darlings. So yeah. they're going to make sure they had as much pub as possible, even if it ain't fucking funny, you know what I'm saying? Because in Mike and Dave's, mm -hmm. uh, I showed the clips of the, uh, deleted scenes. I showed on my Instagram where, you know, I talk about this pool all the time. I want to get in the pool and they had to, and, and Sam Richardson, he played my cousin. I play his cousin in the movie, and which the thing about it, with me and Sam, Sam's a funny fucking guy. He's a great comic actor, and uh, he, he's also a producer. He he got the producer the Detroiters on uh, Comedy Central. I think he got this movie called The Werewolf Within. Now it's a funny thing, but Sam's he's he's funny, yeah. you know. Been on so much stuff, you know, and uh, and the thing about our riffing back and forth. You know, because he was a black guy marrying a white girl, being in a white family. And I was his cousin who was, you know, from hometown. So, and your name was Keith. Yeah, it was Keith. And they literally, they literally didn't, right, Keith, you know, <laughs> your name, right, exactly. You know, I've only met a few. I've got one of my best childhood friends' name is Keith. It was strange enough. And, and you got your new best friend, friend named Keith. Yeah, you too, Keith. You're my buddy, man. Don't ever forget it. Oh, you know it. <laughs> but uh, but but they cut out a lot of that stuff because we were when they were talking about when it, I don't know you remember the scene where she got they ran her over with the uh, 
the 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 ATV. She got hit in the eye and shit. Cause I was talking about we shouldn't even go to that part. We should go with the dolphins because they're so majestic and they're so wonderful and they're smart creatures. Why won't we go? But why would y'all want to go out in the woods where they filmed Jurassic Park? You know, some of them dinosaurs are still living there. He said, "No, it was not no dinosaur. That was all green skin. Yeah, it was green skin for the big dinosaurs, but some of the extras are still there." And I and that's and me and he, no, they're not. And we're going back and forth, right? And they're laughing their ass off, but. The problem was, I don't know what happened, but that I looked at that scene. The director just didn't have the the mindset of a comedian because he could have easily brought me back in that line when she got hurt. Not trying to toot my own horn, but I could have came right in. I said, I told you, that dinosaur got her head. That looked like a velociraptor, you know, and then I could have came back. And, no, it wasn't a dinosaur. Get out of here, Keith, because it's just, it would have been so funny because they didn't give us that, you know, he had a family too. And I know Mike and Dave were the characters, but I think a movie when you have, that's why Adam Sandler's movie did well, because it was an ensemble. Everything, that's why Breaking Bad is good because it's an ensemble. It's never because you're, you're going to be, and you see when you put the star, he don't have to work that hard when he got great fuckers around him. His picture going to be on the front of it. I got a movie right now with Bruce Willis in it. And Frank Grillo from uh, uh, Kingdom, uh, and, and Frank Grillo, he is like a space movie called Comics, Cosmic Sin. And they in it for like two minutes in the beginning and two minutes at the end, but it, it ain't even about them. You know what I'm saying? So a movie could just be the ensemble, the story. So they, I think that's the only thing I worry about when I'm a comedian on an act on a show. Like Better Call Saul is so much great stuff in it. They know how to write towards every character and they give every character a moment. Yeah. So I think I think that's where uh it benefits me more. And I, I could watch myself on there just like, you know, it's just like I knew like when the money, the money scene was in the storage locker with me and Bill Burr. I knew that shit was gonna be fucking phenomenal. I just seen another damn meme, some uh, a soccer player from Spain, I believe, got a bunch of money, and they, they had me on the had a character with me laying on the money, and then I found out they got a fucking dial that has Hugh laying on the bed of money, and they selling these dials, and I said, "Shit, I gotta get them some bitch," you know. Now, but I'm sure you get asked this question all the time. But since you brought up Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, uh, how is it? Because Better Call Saul is a prequel, and then it's also a future where Breaking Bad was a story. How was it like playing characters in time, present, and future with your character? Uh, I I just think it's great because it's more work for me because I was hated when they, you know, when they was going to go off the air with Breaking Bad. I said, like, we could have did, like, four motherfucking seasons, man. I mean, it had so much story. And then when they said, oh, we're going to do a, uh, you know, when me and Bob would talk, we would sit and talk, he said, you know, they're thinking about doing a spinoff. Are you are you you want to do this? What do you think we should do the spinoff? I said, shit, how about Vegas? You know, I think that's where the Saul would really adapt and turn into his character. But they, you know, went back to Albuquerque and which we, you know, where they was in Santa Fe, and then they went to Albuquerque, which is cool. And I was excited. And I and I think the whole thing about Hugh's character, I just didn't even believe it or not, people I I tell the backstory about this all the time. People don't even understand where Hugh came from because the thing about it was 
I I had just got married. I had moved my wife and my two children. My wife had two children. Those they my children. They my stepkids. They my kids. I hadn't even had my little boy yet. I moved all of us up to California. My daughter, she had started school in California, which I was like, oh, fuck, let me find the right school because I don't know schools in California. We know we had the gangs and shit, but we was living over in, you know, at least over in the valley. So we had, we was going to take her to let her go to, uh, <laughs> I think I forgot where it was. But it, it was a school. They said, well, here's a whole, they gave us a pamphlet of the curriculum it's about this thing. <laughs> and then they said, but they gave us this giant ass fucking packet of the no's and do's and don'ts around gang members. I was like, you really telling me that y'all got a whole thing about gang members, but only a little bit about fucking curriculum? I don't think we're going to go there. I don't think we're going to go to this school. I think we're going to pass, ma'am. And I mean, say, well, okay, that's your choice. I said, you get that right, that choice. So... You know, so when I moved him up here, we I just came off the road exhausted. You know, you do multiple shows. I'm coming flying back from, the, you know, the Midwest or the East Coast, wherever I was coming from, back to L.A. That journey was always a try. I'm coming in. I'm tired. I had got a new manager. He called me. Hey, man, I got an audition. It's big. You need to go read for it. I said, dude, it's fucking 4.30. I just got through hellacious 4 or 5 traffic. I can't I can't do shit today. I'm going to lay the fuck down and decompress. Man, they only can get you in the day. I said, well, fuck it. I won't do it. I'm like, he was like, man, just, you know, can you just, muscle up is Breaking Bad. I was like, okay. I heard about Breaking Bad. I never I watched it. I watched on the pilot episode when they Boiled a couple of guys in the acid and it dropped through the floor. I said, it's a great show, you know, but I never knew nothing about it. But it, it wasn't, it was, it was still, it was still in this like infant stage at that time. And I was like, I don't know, man. And so I went in red for the shit. I went in for Lucius, the truck driver. He was like a, he was, he had, I think uh, Pinkman's uh, truck broke down and I was coming to help him out. And I had a little bit of lines. So it was going to be brief. But when I got in there, it was like four guys. And the guy said, man, hey, buddy, hey, you mind reading for this other part? You know, because I did Lucius. I did good. You know, I was there. there the lines, here you go. If you're going to pick me, pick me. But then he's going to say, can you read for this other part? And I was like, well, okay. And I, I hadn't practiced it. He said, it's not no big deal. It's just one line. It was just one fucking line. It was like, we're closed. That was it. We're closed. We're closed. That's it. I did it like three times. And they went, hey, can you start Wednesday? I was like, you fucking kidding me? I always dreamed about this shit because you always hear those Hollywood stories about like Elvis working at a gas station and the guys say, hey, you got a hell of a voice and a look, kid. Get the car. It's going to make millions. I always, I always wanted that shit to happen. But it was just like out of the blue, I, I got the role of Hugh. It was like this sleepy ass fucking big overweight fucking uh, <laughs> uh, security guard who... 
you know, fell people fell in love with his little one-liner and his antics of just being who he was. And I just didn't know how much, how did I touch people? And then fucking let me know we got a SAG award. I was like, oh shit, I got a fucking actor award. Yeah. He was like, you carry that shit around with you everywhere. I said, I know, but I think I, I walked past Oprah and fucking Forrest Whitaker pointing in their face like, fuck you, Oprah. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, in your face, in your fucking face. You know, man, it, was, it, was, it was great. Did it you say, great. and I'm a comedian. <laughs> I'm a comedian. I just got this tuxedo thirsty. <laughs> uh, it was it was great and seeing and being a guy like me being on the red carpet is like you only see kind of people like us every once in a while who fucking are normal people who you give me an interview I'll talk your fucking head off because I got shit to say you know. <laughs> Like, let's just so marvelous to be here. Some great stars. I'm like, fuck that, man. We've been kicking it. We had a good ass time, man. Last time I was trying to kiss my dick because I did it, baby. You know, I was talking shit, but it was uh it was a great moment, man. You know, and uh and, and it turned out to be so big. And I did I I didn't I didn't even know. I was just having fun with it. And, and the following became like the season I went on, that's when Breaking Bad blew up. Not because of me. That's when I think. No, it's because of you. <laughs> but Netflix <laughs> took over because, like, uh, what's his name? Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul said he was an overnight success. He had been on the show three seasons, and when they put it on Netflix, it became an overnight success, and it became bigger than life. And then, I mean, just from that interchange of me being on the fucking show. And they went and they did like other shit, like they did the Ozarks with uh, my man uh, Just, Justin Bateman. It was kind of similar to that, so it was it, it's interesting how this show, and it ended love. It ended lovely. The last part, he you know he went back to his whole meth lab and he got shot. And he saved Jesse, and it was just so epic. The show was so perfect, and then just to have Better Call Saul come in and the genius of that. So I mean, yeah, man, I, I love that shit, baby. Yeah, great, great show. Al, Alan, did you have a question about Aaron Paul? Well, I tell you, he he answered uh, it right now, and uh, I just had a little thing about you know I always thought that he he was so perfect uh, in tone, you know, uh, uh, for the Babinaw, you know, like I thought this guy's from New Orleans, you know, <laughs> and, uh, 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 and he makes it out, you know, to uh, New Mexico. You know, how was it working? We were talking earlier about an ensemble effect, and I thought it interesting if you worked with Bill Burr, so you had a little ensemble going with another comic. You know, you know, comics work with comics, but I'm just saying, obviously, you know, you know what you're doing, but I thought it was interesting, the dynamic uh, between you uh, and Bill Burr. You know, the strange thing about that is, you know, everybody, it was like four or five of us on the show that were devil, you know, did comedy, actually. Bob yeah, Olden. Yeah, that's right. That's I right. mean, Brian Cranston said he did it for like fucking eight months. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name? Gomi, uh, Stephen Q. Manzada. He, Larry he, Hankin he did it too. Did you know that? Who was that? Larry Hankin, the guy who destroys the truck. He's the old guy. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. No, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know that. But yeah, but I'm just, it's so crazy. You know, me and Bill. Mm -hmm. Strange enough, Bill became a major success. We both had our great successes, but at one time, Bill was on doing some black comedy college tours with me, and he would open up for me. 
and we worked together a lot. And I was always a fan of Bills. You know, I always thought he was funny as shit. And and we worked together several times, and we was we was cool. You know, we were friends. Yeah. We, you know, we weren't always hanging out buddies, but we knew each other and we respected each other. So it was kind of like that rapport kind of fit us. We both kind of surly kind of guys. And, you know, and so I think we matched up so well together just off of our personalities. And I think I think it, it, just, it was easy. You know, it, the way they write it is it's so easy to be who you are. You know, you don't have to jump into something amazing. I think the hard part was just being a pickpocket with my big ass hands reaching in <laughs> like I'm down there sexually harassing people, you know, with these big ass hands, like, you know, but, <laughs> but I think everything else about it was just, you know, uh, like a breeze. Yeah. Now, you, you talked about uh, the difference between filmmaking and then working with Adam Sandler. Uh, when you did uh, Hubie Halloween, you also worked with the great Steve Brill. What was that like being directed by him? Well, I mean, every director I I love, you know, because I'm glad I'm in the film. But you know, the the, the crazy thing about it is, I I think all directors are, are slave drivers. But you know, Steve, <laughs> you know, but he he was one of the easy ones. You know what I'm saying? Because he shot it here, he shot it there, and he gets to look, and then we go on about something else. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. love like that. I hate directors. Okay, we gotta get a above view. We gotta get a side view. All right, we're gonna put a we're gonna put a camera on a, a on a canary and let them fly around and see what <laughs> kind of shots we can get with that. Lavelle, can you come off a mountain and say your line at the same time as you free fall into this this safety <laughs> mattress? You know, like what the fuck, man? <laughs> I mean, it's for real. I mean. I just I did a I did a TV episode because you know thank you know like I talked about Addison I just did another one of his productions uh, called Home Team uh, is a story about Sean Payton uh, when he uh, got uh, suspended from the NFL coaching the New Orleans Saints and and he and it was like an off story that when he went back home to see his kid he got to he went and coached his son's little league football team and I played the Gus the bus driver which. It was so fun because I was allowed to branch out. I was start. I was just improv and I was with Miss Kevin James played Sean Payton and Gary Valentine was a uh, coach Mitch and we wound up being turning that rapport into friendship. You know, because I work good with with comics that are funny and know how to work off each other. It's yeah. always to me, you know, comics that ain't walk around. I don't know if we could do that. You know, I say fuck that. I hate a fucking person <laughs> who don't fucking understand dude we're fucking making money fucking telling jokes we're getting away with fucking murder all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta keep it you know i'm I, I got you know i can only act so much of a celebrity you know i can only act like you know who i am i, mean, like, <laughs> I, I don't do that i'm like hey you, you better find out who I am. You know, I I don't go big balls because be like, what the fuck do you tell jokes? You make a living. I tell fucking jokes. I can do what you do. It's you know, and people say that, but I, a lot of times I don't think they think they, they know that they can't do what I do because 
you know, it's a thing about you can come up there after you and your wife that had a fucking argument, uh, you didn't find out your uncle had a stroke and you gotta still go up on stage and tell some fucking jokes, you know, you fucking hold back tears and you gotta make these fuckers laugh like you did before. You realize the fucking promoter don't have your money, but you gotta still <laughs> You know, you and then they say, what's your Venmo? Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't even have Venmo. I got cash, yeah. <laughs> cash, yeah. Anyway, you no cash, yeah, no more. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, a matter of fact, I'm doing this show in New York with this comedian friend of mine named Rob Stavey. He said, hey, man, let me get your uh, banking information. I said, now, you just send a check to me, motherfucker. I'll put it in my bank. I said, who the fuck gives out banking information? I don't think so. Yeah, I know. But, it's a scary time when you were living out. But yeah, everyone gives out the bank information now. It's like, <laughs> no, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm going to tell you, tell you how scary times is. This son of a bitch right here, this is the new wallet, okay? You, you, you fucking lose this, motherfucker. You can be in some serious trouble. I, and, I, and, and I never put a passcode on my phone because I'm married. So I'm like, look, you hide it. You know, so I can't, I didn't never have a passport, but my two, my ten year old lost his phone on the plane. Matter of fact, he was coming back from uh, being with me in Atlanta where I was filming, and he lost his phone. They called me. I'm in Atlanta. They're where the plane landed. You just got off the fucking plane. Just go back to the airport and find out. I'm trying to do the lost my phone. Of course, the phone's dead. So you can't do the lost my fucking phone. I couldn't make it beat. Couldn't lock the son of a bitch. I couldn't do anything. By that time, some motherfucker has changed his Apple ID, his password, all this shit. And, and I mean, it was so horrendous that I didn't even know that you, I didn't even know how to get back in and say, you want to change the password? It wasn't no way I could change the password because there was something about to change the password and change the test questions. He didn't know his test questions, of course. So I was thinking to myself, I said, holy shit, this is a life lesson for me. Let me put a passcode on. I'm just giving it to my wife because if I lose this fucking phone, somebody going to steal my $5 in Bitcoin, you know? And the worst part is this person who got your son's phone now has your number. <laughs> yeah, right. And this dumbass called me. So I said, well, I'm glad you called. We have a tracker uh, a tracking phone right now. So uh, we're on our way to get you. There's some bitch hung up so fucking fast. I said, you, they, you know, they think you're the celebrity. It's so powerful. Well, it's some bitch to sit out his henchmen. I like, I wish I had fucking henchmen. But Hello, Bill. I know you said you had another interview at 1130, but I wanted to ask you two quick questions. Oh, it's like, I don't have it now. They fucked it up. It ain't no Oh, okay, cool. Excellent. I still want to respect your time, buddy. I know you got a show tonight. But uh, I've only seen two comedians in my life where one of them was the great Mitch Hedberg and the other one was you that I saw live where audience members, like, shout out your jokes while you're on stage. Yeah. Now, how I think from... A comic point of view, I think that's really cool, but also I think that's fucking frustrating. I don't think, you know, I put it like this. It's an honor because I would rather be known for my material than my face because yeah. that means you wrote, you created something that people going to remember for times on. You know what I'm saying? Because 
He think about it. You know, oh, I fucking know Bill Burr. Well, he's funny as fuck. Tell me what his joke. Well, he got this one where he talks about a hamburger. I, I can't do it. But when a person comes up and repeats your shit to you, like you wasn't there writing the joke, that that becomes an honor because you you think about like man you you thinking that man you writing some shit that's amazing. It's just like I look at it when they repeat my joke. I want me to do my joke. It's just like you know I can't compare myself to fucking Prince or nothing like that. You know a music a musician. You know I mean people singing your songs with you and they putting the mic out to it. I always wanted to do that. Do the joke get <laughs> half of it and put the mic out. They let them fucking finish it. But I'll think it'll work. Yeah, but right tonight. <laughs> but that would be that would be hot, wouldn't it? That would be fucking. I would, that would change the game if I could do that, man. <laughs> Wow, but but uh, but uh, I think that's that's always been a a, a great thing, you know. The great lady Hitch, Miss Hitchberg, Hitchberg, I've, I've saw him perform, and I, I've seen the people they love his ass, you know, and they they would repeat his jokes. And I mean, it's beautiful to have both followings. You have fans, and then you have co followers because I'm still gaining fans. The people, this is my first time ever seeing you in your griddle. I'm like, wow, damn, this is crazy. I've, I've been around for 35 fucking years, you know, but it's great. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you still grabbing fans. You still pulling them in. And, you know, thank God for YouTube. And, you know, and I don't even use the social media like I can't, should, like all these other stuff. I watch these stuff, they be putting on productions. I said, man, I don't even have the energy. I'm 52. I ain't doing all that fucking skill. Can I do one just sitting on the toilet? I mean, <laughs> Instagram's doing movies too now. It's crazy. Man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Amazon, Peacock, all these some bitches. So <laughs> if, 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 if an actor, actor say he can't find work, he sucks. That's what I'm going to tell him right now, motherfucker. They got, I look at Amazon Prime, they got movies I had never fucking even heard of. And, you know, and I mean, they're getting, I watch them because they, you know, they, some of the weirdest little freaking movies. I love old, I like sci-fi and I like crazy thoughts because, and one thing I love about what they show a lot of foreign films, because foreign films touch on shit that Americans don't touch on no more because we be trying to copy something that's already done instead of going far-fetched. And I think today, uh, Tomorrow's War was probably one of the best new films that I have seen that somebody came out with because the, the the fucking monsters were incredible. You know, I ain't I don't know where that shit came from, but the monsters were fucking I like when you know sci-fi goes hard. And and uh so you know I, I appreciate I salute Amazon Prime because all my Showtime specials are on there. I, I salute these I love I love uh streaming now. I love it. I mean this this if you funny you going you you can eat baby. Yeah, you you can eat right now. I, I tell people that all the time, man. That's why when you do a special, make sure that shit hit and just get his best. And like my first special, can I brother get some love? I put I put all all my sperm count in that some bitch. I I for real. I, I I don't know how the else to say it. I put every part of my DNA in that that, that <laughs> special because I didn't think I was gonna be able to do another one, and here I am five specials in, you know, still, still grinding. And like, you know, and when I did the uh, last one, uh, 
comedy vaccine. It was crazy. I I thought about it. I said, somebody's got to touch on it. And I was the luckiest person. It was a beautiful thing where fear, that's why I said, I hate this pandemic. I hate this shit. I hope people get their self confident back in the world. Just, you know, find a way to get to some normalcy. It's not going to ever be back to where it is, but I pray that people feel safe, whatever choices they make in this game. I think so it'll get back to normal soon. I think as soon as we figure out more, you know what I mean? I think it will definitely go back to how it was. You figure out what? I Oh, I said, I think it'll definitely go back to like everyone wants to go out. Maybe not soon, but I think it definitely will happen because once we figure out more how to, you know, destroy this, I think everyone will be like, okay, we're on board. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I know how to destroy it. All the news guys come on and say, fuck, it's over. And everybody's like, hey! That's, that's it. I, that's, I like that. Because it's the fucking, I'm telling you, it's the fucking news. You can't turn your fucking TV on without today. today, today well, I just spit out my water. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all I'm saying that that is the cure right there. Man. <laughs> I mean, because I think people die just to be on the news. I think people <laughs> we got to keep the count up. So someone has to die. How you feeling, Bill? Not too good. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm just like, come on, oh, man. Hey, so oh, it's man. like you know, and then. I mean, you know, you can claim COVID over anything. It's like people, it's our excuse for not doing shit no more. I had a whole couch delivered to the house, right? And then some bitches talking about, well, we're going to leave it on the line due to COVID. We can't carry it in. I said, well, due to a fucking back that's not that good, you motherfucker, you got to come <laughs> in. What the fuck are you talking about? Fuck COVID. We yeah. coming out spray you with Lysol. Come on in. <laughs> I ain't care. I'm struggling with it. I ain't carrying this shit by my damn self. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, now, uh, the last question I had for you was, uh, you're known a lot for Last Comic Standing, but I actually know you for a BET. So, like, yeah. how do, how does that, like, uh, how does that, like, transition in your career? Because when you did PET, it was probably, like, late 90s, and then Last Comic Standing. Like, you already had some television experience to compete with that well well the thing about one thing about you know thank god for pt i you know because the thing i look at you know being a young black comic you know urban comic i i, I did the mainstream i started in the you know the general population comedy clubs i didn't because we didn't really have black comedy clubs then we had supper club where i like places i hosted jazz bars and places mm -hmm. that most comics did wherever they can get a stage at music bars and everything. So there were no quote unquote black comedy clubs. So it was just the funny bones and improv. They started segregating it back when they wanted to. But BET was like a nice thing because I, I didn't know the ends to this. And, and I came in a great era where, you know, you had BET Comedy View and and they had the auditions for it. And I was able to get on the show. And because I could have been on any fucking comedy show my comedy resonated everywhere. It was not just a black show. It was just being funny. But it was an outlet for me. And it was yeah. a great opportunity. So when BT gave me the notoriety and all that stuff, and then when Last Comic Standing came on, I was a veteran comic, man. 
you know, and I went in for the audition. I got like a like a pass behind the whole long line. You know, my story, you know, I got to go past some of the bullshit and got in there and I impressed the shit out of the judges. And uh, I got on last time I stand. I was like, holy shit, you know. And then next thing you know, I got, I got to the, that, that round and then they fucking put me into the semifinals and that was with the Schumer and all of them. And then they said, you know, then I fucking killed that shit, won, won that. Then I was on the show. I was like, oh my God, I'm on the show, national yeah. show. It, just, it was a dream come true because it was like, I turned my stand-up, I made stand-up, which a lot of comedians get on stand-up, then they go into movies and become famous. I utilized all that I could with comedy. And like, I think Cat Williams, we talked about, I remember Cat Williams, he had opened up for me back in the day, but then he became super famous from movies. But he had saw me, I think we was, I was in, I used to live in Woodland Hills. He was at the Raps over there by Tav High School. Off of, I think it was Neca or whatever. But anyway, he said, he said, man, congratulations. A lot of comics don't do like you do, you know, become famous off their stand-up. And you doing that. You ain't, the movies, you doing movies, but you ain't doing big movies. And your shit is all off your stand-up. So congratulations. I said, man, I never even thought of it like that, but because of those shows and going on there and just seizing the day, it just helped me. It, it opened up every door because Adam Sandler was watching me on YouTube off of clips off of that and said, man, we got to get this fucker in a movie. And I was just like, holy shit. And so when when BET trend, you know, I was one of those comments that I could go anywhere. So I was e easy fixture. So from BET, I could went right into last comment stand. It didn't change a muscle. I came right in and just being Lavelle, just being the character I was, and and people started falling in love. And the dangerous thing about somebody when you're funny and you're likable, you're a dangerous combination. People scared of that because you you gonna eat, you know what I'm saying? Because if you're funny as fuck, it's just like Ralph, great Ralph and May, you know. Robert May was likable, man. You know, people loved him. He looked like the fat, funny uncle that sit up there eating and telling jokes. John Panette. You're and they lost the dat fam. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's where your story is written. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, John Reed beat me out. People, okay, believe it. I'm like, well, you know, it ain't, it ain't the thing about it, but it's how you do your career, you know with it because I think basically I tell people all the time these TV shows and shit are just like being on the space shuttle. You got two fucking rockets that explode you up to space and then after you get past that you're in orbit you have to use the other fuel to keep you going the, the smaller engine so you gotta be you gotta get the rocket fuel from the TV shows boom and then once you get up there you're gonna have to have enough fuel to go around the orbit and start landing on planets or whatever the fuck you're going to do to stay up in space. You're going to have to stay up there. So if you got the fuel to stay up there, you're going to be a bad boy, you know. But if you don't, you know, you're going to fall. You know, and that fan, I think that fan started writing harder, though. He started writing harder after he... I love that. I just thought yeah, Ralphie yeah. got robbed on it. Oh, I mean, you know, he got robbed, but it didn't stop Ralphie, though. Yeah. I think I think you look at that, that didn't then why dad wasn't in hangover too. Why wasn't he the one that they used instead of you know my man uh Steve, what his name was Doc 
he was a doctor, but you know, that fan didn't, he didn't, he was just, you know, he was this little Vietnamese boy. It was different. It was a different look. I think that's what Hollywood do. They do a look. They try to make a look. Right. You know, overweight guy. He wasn't the look that Hollywood wanted to look at. You know, that's why fat guys don't really do. Now we are allowed to do Burger King commercials. Back then, <laughs> we, we wasn't allowed to eat a Burger King burger, but we were your core audience. And you had fucking Paris Hilton eating a fucking big deluxe, which didn't make no sense to me. So now, you know, uh, the, the last question I had for you is who is one comic? working today that if you're not working like say you have probably very rare where you have a weekend off but where you'll just say you know what this person's in town i'll go see them who's that one comic that one comic see i don't want to be you know i think it'd probably be bill burr honestly I, I think, I, you know, because everybody would say Chappelle or Chappelle, you know, I think Chappelle great, but I think I think Chappelle's good, but it's just so many people. Between Bill Burr and Damon Wayans. Uh, what about uh, you, Alan? Well, I guess uh, uh, Norm, Norm MacDonald. Would be Norm MacDonald. Uh, that's a hard question. Yeah, it is, but it's hard. It's just like my top five rappers. It wouldn't be nobody in past the 90s, though. <laughs> I hate new rap. I, 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 yeah, they, they canceled the baby because he said gay, gay stuff. I said, uh, he, was, he was about to be canceled. I don't think he, I think his run was about over because, I mean, everything sounded about the same. Come yeah. On. All right, well... <laughs> I have one more question, actually. Is it easier to be interviewed by comedians or by non-comedians? Because I feel you had fun today. I had a great time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think comedians can can relate. I think when you do, like, fucking DJs and shit, uh, fucking personality to read your fucking bio, they don't... <laughs> it says here that you... Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you and Wikipedia, man. I mean, this year that you died in '85, and what? You know, three. Lavelle, what? Where can the folks at home follow you and support you? Well, I got. You can go to my Instagram. It's Lavelle's L A V E L L S the comic T H A C O M I C on. Instagram and it's uh, Lavelle Crawford on uh, uh, Facebook.com and uh, you can go to my website comedianlavellecrawford.com uh, and you can see all my dates and everything and you can you know if people want to book me you got the booking forms up there and blah 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 I got a book out you can go get it on Amazon right now called the Comedy School Guide to Stand Up it's just volume just giving comics a little intro to idea because I get comics all the time. Well, what should I do? How did I, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I'm get on stage, son of a bitch. But I gave, I gave them like an outline of shit I done. Uh -huh. You know, uh -huh. I can't never tell people else what you can do because it's like, like when I read actors' book, you have to be in the moment. I'm like, what the fuck is the moment? You know. So I just write what my ideas is and the next one is going to be getting work and then after that I'm going to show them in that same thing I'm going to show them how to do the business 
because I want to give people insights on the business because the parts that's the parts that I think I failed at, you know, like when I started, because like when I did last comic standing, my fucking money went <laughs> over here and I wouldn't, I didn't have the financial advisement at first. I was balling out of control. Come on, mama, let's go. You know, I'm throwing money down. You know, I'm doing well, you know. I was looking at my bank account like, holy shit, you know, but... <laughs> But at, at, at back in the day, I had H&R Block, and they did a 1040 EZ. And, you know, I got my easy $350 refund back. But now it was just, it's like a different story. And it's like right now I'm right at the side of the eight ball with the IRS. So I'm working. I'm sending money. And I'm, you know, working with my accountants trying to get it going. But I want to sell comments and, like, understand the business aspect of it so that you can keep what you make and learn how to sow a seed and make that money stick because you can always work as a comic but when you get a certain age you know you don't want to be on this fucking plane all the time i i thought i said i love stand up but when you get a fucking kid and wife and you you're know, over the travel man i mean now where you can't breathe until you get off the plane you know you gotta suffocate i, I i've never drank so much fucking water so I can keep my mask down on the plane. I mean, I know people be thinking that masks don't fucking protect shit. It just suffocates me. But hell, I, my nose ain't that damn big. So you push my nostril down. I'm, I'm almost like I'm feel, I feel like. I'm in, well, you know how we could change that? We get a weather uh, news guy say it's fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fucking, <laughs> where's Wolf Blitzer? Who can fucking do this? <laughs> all we need is Sean Hannity and all this stuff. It's Don Lemon, get off your high horse and say it's over, and we can move on with our life. I swear, I one fucking guy on the news say it, and because that's that's where we are, and everybody, it be a couple of people. I don't believe if you watch it, I, I I can't. I'm still ain't going out, but I think. We can get rid of that part. I mean, you know, the, the mass park. That's why I love Orange County, man. We fucking, I mean, you, I seen people walking in here without no mask. I was like, really? And I started pulling it down so slow. Can I? Can I? <laughs> it was great, man, because I said this was, Orange County must, must be where everybody in L.A. come to breathe for a couple of hours. And then they go, they go back home. And we're back. <laughs> That mask, thing, that mask part is just the only thing that bothered me. I said, I believe the virus is real, but I think that if people take their health, respect their health, I think they'd be all right. But I think yeah. I think that part is real, but the mask ain't doing shit. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, here I go. But, well, Lavelle, have Lavelle, a great Lavelle, show Lavelle. tonight at Brea, buddy. Thank, Thank you me. so much for doing the podcast, man. It was, yeah. it was an honor. And yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. You get what you pay for with me. You, you you do me on the podcast. I'm gonna talk the whole fucking time. Oh, we love it. We <laughs> loved it. I'm an easy interview. I, I got shit to talk about. We tried to get you to come and do the next time when there's more time. We could plan it. You could come to the rec room and we'll do it at a face to face with a video. Yes. Yeah. For sure, sure, sure. I love to do that, man. I used to do a lot with uh, what's his name, Doctor. Uh, used to be with uh, Steve Carell. What's his name? Steve uh, uh, Dr. Love, what, what was his name, damn it? Steve Carell had a talk show? Was it Steve Carell? Not Steve Carell, fuck, I'm thinking. Hold on. Uh, uh, Colin, no, Craig Ferguson. No, no, you remember the man show, Jimmy Kimmel? 
Oh, Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, Jimmy uh, Kimmel's butt, the it, guy that used to be with Jimmy Kimmel. Adam Carella. Emma Carella. Adam, that's what I was trying yeah, to Adam, but, but, yeah. but the doctor that used to be on, on uh, uh, MTV, he would talk about gave a relationship. Damn, I can't. I'm, I'm 52. I'm sorry. And, uh, <laughs> It all the all the liquid to go to my brain. When as soon as I get out this podcast, I remember all this shit. Oh yeah, that's it. Let me call it back. But, uh, <laughs> Just call yeah, me and be we, like, Keith, I remember. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, I love. I got a podcast. I I got Lavelle unscripted, but. I just took a break off of it because I got the rant on bullshit and I just want to take it back to fun. So I'm about to kick it back off. And I, I'm going to call you, Keith, and put you down. We talk, you know, we talk, you'll chop it up, tell me about you. And, and Alan, you come on, we talk oh, about whatever, man. We would so, love to. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Man, All we right. can have fun with it, man. I appreciate y'all, you know, getting with me. and uh, Just send me a link. Let me listen to it and see what happens. All right, Lavelle. Well, have a great show tonight. I love you very much, and thank you for making me smile. Thank, thank you, Lavelle. Great- You're the thank bomb, you. man. Appreciate right. you. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. All right. That was the interview with the great Lavelle Crawford, guys. Subscribe, great review on Apple Podcast. Alan, was that a blast or what? You know what? I, I knew it would be uh, intuitively, and but he, he blew me away. Uh, he's a straight shooter. And we, oh, you know, you know, he, you know, of course, I love his take on the masks, and uh, uh, I loved how he explained Bill Burr and in the, in the ensemble. He's a great guy. He's a great person. He's yeah. just a person, a great guy. I can't wait to uh, meet him again. I hate to be rude, but my sister wants to go out to lunch, and she's texting you know? me like crazy. Are you going to are you going to take the, take her out? Or are you going are you going to pick up the bill or no? That you won't do that. Uh. Probably not. I'm not working right now. But she wants to take me. That's all that matters. Alan? Yes, sir. See you later, buddy. You too. Have a great lunch. Have a great day. See you, buddy. Love you, man. Love you. You're listening to Razor Riffs with Keith Razor and Alan Lee right here on LA Talk Radio. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. Give us some feedback. Good, honest, terrible, doesn't matter. Also, follow us on social media. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Razor Riffs. I am also on Stereo if you would like to chat with me there. www.stereo.com slash and on Cameo, www.cameo.com slash KeithRaza. If you enjoyed the show, please send us a donation on the Anchor app. We really do appreciate it, and we'll rift with you again soon.